Come with me if you want to live. Live through another Terminator movie that no one asked for. Hot Film Opinion. For Entertainment Landfill News, I am your host, the J-Strom. How are you doing, Steven? Fantastic. Steven's here on my left. Hey, what's happening? And we're here to talk about film, television, pop culture once again. Oh, no. Do I hear the pop sound, Steven? I thought I heard something. Uh, there it shit. goes. I don't know what to do when it does that. I don't know why it's doing it. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, dear. Dear long, long. Work through it. Hold on a second. Testing, one, two, three. Testing. Figaro, Figaro, Figaro. Long. The hell? Testing, testing. One, two, three. I don't know. Well, let's just go with it. How's it going, Steven? It's going great, sir. Welcome to the show. It's nice to have you again. You know, we only did a show two weeks ago. I know. So it hasn't been that long. We got all sorts of nice little tidbits of news and stuff to talk about. But also, we saw a film. We saw John Wick 3. Woohoo! Parabellum. Mm-hmm. And uh, I thought it was a lot of fun. Yes. I mean, it's a John Wick film. You know, there's a lot of uh, fun and interesting ways you see people get killed. (laughs) And I thought it was very entertaining. What's funny, you know, they treat these movies as a chapter. So this definitely felt like a chapter. It didn't feel like it had a real, like, an ending, a definite ending. It just kind of leaves off for the next movie. Right. And uh, once you know that, you figure that out. Like, I wondered that if this the was going to be the one, end. The, the first one had a beginning, middle, end. Mm-hmm. And it could have, you know, if it didn't do well, it was a standalone fine. Right. Uh, the second one could have, it had, you know, it, it did leave you with the hanging, you know, it's like, what's going to happen? So it's like, all right. It definitely was a cliffhanger. Yeah. Like he was running for his life. And then this begins with him running for his life. But this one ends with... Um, spoiler alert? See what happens next. Um, no, that's not really a spoiler. Okay. Um, but I thought well, that... Well, just in case you were going to say something. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I just... Uh, I thought it was... 
That would be well. I'm what I'm saying is that might be the only one negative thing you could say. Maybe there wasn't really a definitive ending, but that's not a negative because I want more John Wick. Right. I would right. like another film. And and this storyline did have a beginning, middle, end. You know, I mean, but it has a continuation on mm-hmm. with it. Like I, you said, a chapter. Uh, my favorite, you know, there's a lot of fun fight sequences and stuff. My favorite by far is the knife store. Whatever place yeah. that was where there were knives the everywhere. The warehouse thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a... I like, was, when they went in there and they, they're running by, I'm like going, how long is it going to take before they realize? They're surrounded <laughs> by cutlery. <laughs> yes. I don't know if he's like... Shum, shum. There are some points, you know, he's holding like three and he's like, shoo, 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 shoo. Yeah. and other guys have knives and he's fighting them off. And there's that great axe moment. That, yeah. Oh man, that was great. <laughs> you know, I really don't know how to fix the whole, um, the popping thing. We've had it from time to time. It's like a ghost of static electricity gets in the machine. Uh-huh. One thing that I stopped doing is I stopped unraveling our headsets on the carpet. I figured maybe picks up some static or mm. something. Um, that's not the case here. Because I unravel it over the Lenormand. tile that's in the cool. kitchen. Um, I don't know what the hell is going on. It could just be static in the air. Oh, Adam Sexton says it's an antiques, uh, antique we- weapon shop. Which is hilarious. So, like, he wanders in an antique weapon shop. You know, there's that fight. There's the well, because the, they run or they want they run through the guy the shop area. It's like the the uh, antique uh, lighting fixtures. Mm-hmm. You know, and then he like like they cut into another room, and all of a sudden it's full of of weapon. You know, the cutlery. Yeah. So. And, you know, he's trying to piece together a gun. And uh, what's funny is, you know, at the beginning of the movie, he's just trying to get a gun. Yeah. And he reaches for one and somebody shoots and he's like, gives up on it. You know, uh, I love that. The the whole f- horse stable fight was hilarious and uh, a lot of fun. What's funny is there's a part. There's a couple of parts in the movie where most movies maybe cut away. They would cut away. I'm thinking of the knife and the dudes. Uh, right. And. Usually you're waiting for the cutaway, but instead it was just like right in the eye socket. And Heather goes, why did I want to see this movie? (laughs) (laughs) And I just kind of went, oh, dude. And I just kind of laughed because this is, you know, I find it entertaining. This uh, event. Ultra violence. uh, Violence. Yes. And the revolver moment echoes good, the bad and the ugly. Tuco, he's uh, piecing together a revolver. That was really cool. Uh, courtesy of Adam Sexton in the chat. Hi, and Adam. I love the bits with uh, with the attack dogs. Yes. Um, what better uh, is there any other name for them than attack dogs? I don't yeah. know. Trained There's attack dogs. Trained guard. That was dogs. A, a fantastic sequence. They're in this. Uh, Halle Berry and John Wick are in a fight with these guys, and she's utilizing dogs. You can see it a little bit in the trailer, but it is a lot of fun seeing that. Uh, you don't want the dogs to be in peril, certainly, but it's a lot of fun. There's, uh, you know, I almost feel like by the time it gets to the third act and there's that, the, um, those guys coming into the hotel, I was, I like that they're like trying to one up things. They're like, okay, what can we do now? How about 
they're all bulletproof. <laughs> and uh, John Wick has to shoot him repeatedly to distract him, to keep him from shooting at him. He has to just so keep unloading bullets. To him to yeah, he, and he has to shoot at other guys to hold them off and then turn back to the other guy. I love how like active he is. And another thing that's funny about this is John Wick seems really tired and exhausted the whole movie. Yes. Because I was thinking, you know, the first film, you know, ends and it goes, rolls right into the second film. And the second film ends, it rolls right into this one. So he hasn't had a lot of rest in three movies. I mean, he does fly to another country, but, you know, he sleeps on a plane. I don't know (laughs) how much rest he's actually getting. But it's a a lot of fun. It's a fun movie. If you like... Any of the John Wick movies, you're going to like this one, certainly. Don't you think? Yes. And uh, I don't really have any real complaints. Uh, I think going in, I wondered, because this was the third movie, if this was a John Wick trilogy. But I think we know by now that it's not a trilogy. It's just going to keep going. Like said, it's a chapter-by-chapter chapter thing. Yes, apparently. So they can go on as long as they want. Um. I'm trying to. Until Keanu gets tired of them. I'm wondering how bad. Uh, I don't know what to do. It's so frustrating. I mean, you don't do a show for a while in two weeks. We haven't had this. <laughs> it's like it shows up every once in a while. And it's funny, you know, I was listening to an old Chuck Series companion and it had the pops in it. And I was like, oh, yeah, I remember this. This is one with the pops. And it just shows up every once in a while. And uh, I don't know what to do, Stephen. I don't know, man. It's so annoying. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Jessica said it sounds like we're she's listening to us on vinyl. That's what it is. Nice. God, it's so annoying. I don't know what to do. I don't know. I'm just going to fight through it, Stephen. That's all we can do. Uh, Stephen, did you know that Stranger Things has announced there's this tie-in with Coca-Cola for the new season? Uh, the season takes place when new Coke was introduced. It's every time you talk, it pops more. Yeah. That's why I was thinking it was my... Um, I'm turning Sorry. it up so I can hear it. I was thinking it was because of uh, my mic, maybe. So anyway... Uh, In the world of disastrous marketing campaigns, few companies have seen such massive failure as Coca-Cola's promise of new Coke back in 1985. The company was the cola brand of choice for years. Uh, It always has been. With a series of competitors putting pressure on the soft drink distributor to shake things up, ultimately deciding they would craft a new formula and reinvent themselves as new Coke. Do you remember when this happened, Stephen? Mm -hmm, I do. The only drawback is that consumers didn't like the beverage, ultimately causing Coca-Cola to go back to their original formula in just a few months, which then they referred to as Coca-Cola Classic. Despite being a punchline for three decades, fans are currently clamoring to buy new Coke in massive numbers. In honor of the upcoming third season of Stranger Things, which takes place during the summer when new Coke debuted, Coca-Cola launched a limited opportunity to purchase the throwback beverage to celebrate the launch of new episodes. A similar marketing marketing campaign took place with the release of Ghostbusters in 2016 with the Coca-Cola subsidiary High C releasing Ecto Cooler, a tie-in beverage for the real Ghostbusters animated series in 1987. Coke's website has been slammed with eager fans that the site is crashing, making it nearly impossible to complete their purchases. Isn't that funny? 
So people are trying to buy these new Cokes limited. I think it's like a neat kitschy thing. Are you going to put it on your shelf or are they going to drink it? Do you think? I don't remember what it tasted like, honestly, but I, I, I think that it wasn't it as good. It had like a weird aftertaste from what I remember. Yeah. It wasn't, weren't they just trying to introduce high fructose corn syrup in their drinks or something at the Probably. time? Something like that. But I thought that was funny that they were doing that. Now, Stephen, there is a new Terminator film, Terminator Dark Fate, and a new trailer was released. Have you seen the trailer? I have seen it. What did you think of the song that was in it? Did you laugh at that? God, I'm trying to remember. It was a Bjork song. Oh. It's, uh, what is the song called? Um, Army of Me? Bjork Hunter. Hunter. Okay. But it's a dude singing. First of all, you know, I've said it repeatedly for years now, I hate when they do this. They play a song. It's a cover of the song, and it's sung really slow, like automatically thumbs down for me on the trailer. Would you like to watch the trailer, Stephen? Please. Let's check it out. Terminator Dark Fate. Okay, here we go. I was watching. Ago, I had this nice, simple life. Now it's a nightmare. Oh, shut up. First of all, this new guy, I don't know, he's the... It's not the... It was T-5000, what is he? The T-8000. They established that he's liquid metal and an endoskeleton at the same time, which I think was in Terminator 3, the... Kristana Loken, she was one of those two. I just think it's funny that they've always got to up the game. It's not just liquid metal, but it's an endoskeleton and liquid metal. Okay, they're being attacked, and all of a sudden, here's Linda Hamilton. She's got a big old shotgun. Comes out of bazooka. Laws rocket. Now you see that part there. The Terminator's coming after she shoots him with a, a rocket. Is she going to say, come with me if you want to live? She's going to say that, right? Has to. And uh, here's my problem. We've seen how many mediocre Terminator sequels <laughs> after T2. Terminator 3, Terminator Rise of the Machines. That was that. Which one was the one with uh, Christian Bale? Terminator something, something? Genesis? Gen- no, that was the one afterwards. Okay. That was the one where they, uh, Emilia Clark was in it and they brought Arnold Schwarzenegger back. Uh, the one with Christian Bale was a non-Schwarzenegger one. Um, but we've had repeated, uh, they're just okay. Like, I have gone to they're see them in the theater. Yeah, We've seen each of them. We saw Genesis. I remember, like, oh, yeah, that was okay. They're watchable. They're not rewatchable. It feels like sense. just fan fiction, doesn't it? Yeah. Just like, uh, it doesn't feel like James Cameron has his hands on these at all. The story ended in Terminator 2. It's over. So they just have to keep coming up with new shit. So uh, this one, they have a new young Terminator female. Who are you? I'm Sarah Connor. Come on. My name is Sarah Connor. Yeah, see? There. She just I've never sold. seen one like you before. Almost human. 
I am human. She is human, Steven. Tim Miller, the guy who did the first death. happens to her? Because I was her. What is Arnold doing in this? Dutch. Absolutely ridiculous. Why would they show this in the trailer? The big plane airplane stunt. I, they're trying to sell the movie, right? Yes. How do we win? We win. That music like just getting him up. It's getting on my nerves. Look, he has knives and stabbing weapons. Is that supposed to be amazing? She hits him in the head and then the liquid metal closes on his eye that was awesome in t2 when it was a new thing but yeah. now we've seen it a million times it's cgi and there's nothing amazing about you need we're not something like, new yeah we're not like oh we're just like shrug i mean it's just like a massive shrug they i don't know why they keep making these movies it's the same with the alien movies i don't know why they keep making those either <laughs> because i just don't care anymore i don't feel anything from these trailers steven they're just living off of a name now at this point. Yeah, it's I just a cash grab. This article in Screen Rant I thought was uh, funny. The first trailer for Terminator Dark Fate is here, but what song plays over the footage? There was a point in time when Terminator franchise was peak sci-fi cinema. 1991's Terminator Judgment Day was the highest grossing film of the year and critically acclaimed. But th the three films that followed were largely underwhelming and saw diminishing box office returns. Yeah, okay, uh, get back to the song part. The Terminator Dark Fate trailer features a cover of Bjork's Hunter. It's the latest theatrical preview to incorporate the trope of slowed-down pop song to set mood and atmosphere. Lyrically, Hunter relates to Dark Fate due to the lines, I'm going hunting and I'm the hunter. It's just like, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> Why are you writing an article about this? It's just a stupid song. Just okay, Steven, did you ever watch the Sonic the Hedgehog trailer? Like everyone, the whole internet was like, oh my God, this looks terrible. Yeah. And he had like baby teeth. It looked, he does look bad. Well, uh, the director tweeted like a couple of days later after... You know, when you release a trailer, you want to have a good buzz. But yeah. the only buzz was, this looks like shit. And so he's like, we're going back. We're going to change Sonic to make him look the way he's supposed to look. So it says, uh, Sonic the Hedgehog movie delayed to fix Sonic. We'll have to wait a little longer to see Sonic hit the big screen. The film Sonic the Hedgehog has been pushed to February 14, 2020, making it the perfect Valentine's Day movie <laughs> to see with your boo. The original release date was set for November of this year, but has been delayed in order to fix Sonic's look. Okay, here's what I want to know, Steven. That next trailer, they're like, we fixed them. Here's the trailer. Are people going to be happy with the new no. the new fixed version? I think it's going to be just as bad. Like, oh, it's just as bad. Come on. What have you guys been working on all this time? It took you three months to do this? <laughs> yeah. I, I just don't see that it's looking like, good at all. It's like, did you even look at the video game and see what he looked I, like? Why can't he just look like that? Like, Emma, she's a fan of Sonic, and she watched the Sonic cartoon. She's like, this is an abomination. <laughs> <laughs> Now, Stephen, there's a rumor that Knights of the Old Republic movie is in the works. It's a classic Star Wars RPG video game. 
that I never played that I always wanted to, but now it looks so crappy I don't want to go back and play it. <laughs> <laughs> a report in BuzzFeed News, is that reliable news source, Stephen? Yes, it is. says that a Star Wars movie based on the classic LucasArts role-playing game Knights of the Old Republic is currently in development. No release date is known, and the movie has not been confirmed <laughs> by Lucasfilm. But according to the report, the script is being written by Leda... Okay, Leta Calogridis. I don't know how to say this name. Why doesn't this person have a simpler name? Who is known for her script work on Alexander and Shutter Island, among other projects. Star Wars The Knights of the Republic was developed by Bioware and published by LucasArts in 2003. The highly regarded game was set thousands of years before the events of the movie series. Last month, MTV News interviewed Lucasfilm president Kathleen Kennedy and asked her about a KOTOR movie, Knights of the Old Republic. Mm-hmm. We talk about it all the time. Yes, we are developing something to look at. Right now, I have no idea where things might fall. So basically what they're doing is they have spec scripts floating out there for different Star Wars projects. Somebody writes a script, they look at it, and they're like, no, and they pass on it. Or they're like, interesting, let's develop more of this. So I think this is all this means. This is like way early in the process. Maybe like... We have no data at all. There's not a script. There's not nothing. Yeah, three years maybe we might hear more about it we're in pre 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 development i do like the <laughs> idea of doing a new trilogy in a different time period that has nothing to do with luke and leia like i love the idea of thousands of years ago in the early time because they had like sith lords and stuff and they had jedi knights all over the place you could do a really compelling story with uh more kind of old ships and you can come up with a whole new kind of uh thing you know what i'm saying yes all right sorry uh, baby's distracted by the i took it away from her so she wouldn't keep fighting she wants to play with her bandana it was funny heather bought that bandana for 25 dollars and tied it around her neck isn't that cute next thing she saw this baby is like tearing it up she's like it's 25 dollars i was like she doesn't know that <laughs> Now, Stephen, you've heard that there's going to be a Star Trek Picard series, right? Yes. Are you excited about that? Um, excited? No, it's, it's fine. I'm, I mean, I'll you love it. Jean-Luc Picard, right? Who doesn't? They released a teaser. Let's check it out. By the way, this week's show is on old-fashioned vinyl, Stephen. We're releasing it that 15 way. 15 years cool. ago. So if today, you're popping and stuff, that's because you it's on vinyl. Let us out Clean of your record. Yeah. You guys get one of those little you static guns. the greatest rescue armada in history. It's just then, somebody washing their hands. The unimaginable. What did that cost you? Your faith? Do you remember the finale? Your of faith in us? The original? The next generation? The very final episode? Your faith yeah. in yourself? Did Picard go to farming or something runs a vineyard tell us why did you leave Starfleet engage I say you're a coward Star Trek Picard Stephen will you be there on day one 
watch that. The first teaser for CBS's Star Trek Picard shows us just where Jean-Luc has been for the past 18 years, returning to his family's vineyard and making wine. The vineyard appeared in a few episodes of Star Trek Next Generation, particularly the series finale where Picard saw himself retire to the vineyard. After his brother and nephew's death, it looks like Picard returned to take over the family business. But this new series isn't just going to be about winemaking. So what? <laughs> I never thought it was. It's all about wine. So I, I can see him going back and becoming a teacher at Starfleet. Yeah. The series picks up after the events of his last appearance. In Star Trek Nemesis, the voiceover mentions that Picard led a great rescue 15 years prior before the unimaginable happened. What did that cost you? Says the mysterious disembodied voice who seems to have a connection with Picard. Your faith? Your faith in us? Patrick Stewart returns to the role of Captain Picard with Santiago Cabrera as a pilot and Michelle Hurd as an intelligence officer. Allison Pill and Harry Treadway, Treadaway join in unspecified roles. Star Trek Picard will premiere in late 2019 on CBS All Access for a run of 10 episodes. That's, um, I'm curious about it. I'll watch it. For some reason, I'm paying for CBS All Access, even though I'm not watching anything on it. So, I was, you know, I said something about him, uh, you know, about him uh, going to teach at Starfleet, but that would kind of be, you know, boring unless he gets out into something. You know, it'd be like you're taking your crew out for their first expedition and something happens. Yeah, there. you can't tell me there's not going to be space travel. Yeah. It's going to be him like uh, a... I mean, I don't think it's just going to be him on a vineyard or whatever. Let me ask you this, though, Stephen. Will they do... It'll all be a Dallas dream, you know. Will... (laughs) Will... Will Wheaton return as Wesley Crusher in this? No. (laughs) Why? Why do you say that? I do the man. I would kill you where you stand. How? Wh- who is your favorite character, by the way, on uh, Next Generation? Hmm. I'd, I'd probably say Picard. You know, Picard. You know. Was it uh, number one? Did you love uh, Data also? Uh, yeah, Data would be. A, a Get off my bridge, Jordy. Like Jordy. Yeah, is there they're any, all likable characters. Did you, you know, uh, I've read things Will Wheaton has written over the years where I really think that they, it wasn't his fault that a lot of people hated Wesley. They wrote him to be annoying, didn't they? Yeah. It's not really I mean, his fault. He was an annoying teen kid, you know? You know, uh, they made him someone who knows everything. So when he's like, uh, well, actually, or whatever, you know, just like, oh, shut up, you stupid kid. And then there was the episode where he's like, shut up, Wesley. And that became like a meme for the rest yeah. of his life. I kind of feel bad for that. <laughs> so I'd say bring him into this show. Give I would have redemption. a problem with it, but I don't see it. You you don't see what? They would bring him back. Yeah. Well, you Because if you paid to, if you knew, you know his storyline, right? Because essentially he became... One with time and space. He could travel wherever he wanted at any point in time. Wesley Crusher? Uh-huh. He got godlike powers? Yes. Whoa. 
It's like there was this traveler that could go through time and space, and he was he kind of was there. Kind so of, that's how they wrote him off the show. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he kind of just disappeared, you know. What's funny is he shows up for a moment at the wedding of Riker and Deanna Troy and Star Trek Nemesis. He's, like, there at the table. He doesn't have any lines or anything, but he's there. Does that mean he just kind of... Does he travel, like, just by disappearing? Teleportation? From what I remember, it's been a long time. That's really strange. Uh, Adam Sexton thinks that the show should be about wine. Making wine. He says, make it so. <laughs> I just want somebody to go, bring us some fresh wine. No more of this old <laughs> stuff. <laughs> this year. <laughs> All right, Stephen, what do you say? I ran out of stories really fast. That was crazy. <laughs> what do you say we do a Rotten Tomatoes? Hey. Yeah, let's sure. read some Ryan Tomatoes. There's some been some interesting movies coming out this week. There's one that, in particular, I'm sure you want to talk about. All right. Was really you good. say either, I say either, you say neither, and I say neither, either, either, and either, neither. Let's call the whole thing off. Do I do a good Louis Armstrong? Yes. You like potatoes, and I like potatoes. You like tomatoes, I like tomatoes, potato, potato, tomato, tomato. Let's call the whole thing off. I like stale tomato juice. That's right, Maybe everybody. It's stale tomato juice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, guys, this is uh let's read Rotten Tomatoes. Let's see what out came out today. Would oh Aladdin? Is that what you're referring no, to? No, no, no. Are you referring to Brightburn? Yes. Brightburn. i what's funny is you know since it's a lot like Steelheart. Oh <laughs> that, that's kinda since we all well, you haven't read all the series, have you? No. Uh, just the first book. This is basically the Superman origin, Stephen. It's doing it to me again where it's taking forever. This is the... So we need to vamp for a second. This is the Superman origin, but what if he was, was evil, evil instead? And what's funny is it. they do that old thing, which I don't like that they do this, but they always do this in film advertising or movie ads from the man who brought you guardians of the galaxy james gunn but if you look at it all he did was produce it he didn't write it he didn't direct it or anything like that right, right. he has some friends that made it and he was like hey i'll help you get your film green letter or whatever yeah. that's what it is you give me a producing credit i mean i'll push it for yeah you. it's just like the new terminator movie like oh james cameron it says from james cameron it's like no he had nothing to do with this film he's busy working on 15 avatar okay. movies he just has his name on it because, uh, you know, he created Terminator. He can't let go of Avatar. Okay, Brightburn. Synopsis. What if a child from another world crash landed on Earth, but instead of becoming a hero, he proved to be something far more sinister? <laughs> Starring Elizabeth Banks and David Denham. Denman. You remember, he's the guy that uh, Jenna Fisher was her ex-boyfriend in the office. That's where I know that guy from. Do you know who I'm talking about? Yes. Uh-huh. All right. So this little shit has powers, and he's going to be a dick. So it's 58% <laughs> rotten. That's the way I sum it up. Um, 58% that's uh, rotten, but it seems above average, doesn't it? 
Yeah. I mean, if we're going to scale 100%, it's certainly, I mean, it's not passing if you're in school and it's not passing grade. <laughs> Barry Hertz of Globe and Mail says, although Brightburn's final seconds hint at James's more finely attuned cinematic sensibilities, James Gunn did not direct the film. James Gunn did not direct the film. Uh, who directed this? This is directed by David Yarovsky. Okay. Written by Brian Gunn and Mark Gunn. Oh, there we go. James Gunn's brothers, cousins. Who are they? Uh, more finely attuned cinematic sensibilities. The film is not nearly as strong as its villain. It is, however, just as immature two out of four, which, of course, is right. I rotten. would expect it to be immature if he's a kid. That, yeah. I, mean, I would say most likely, to me, thinking about it, if he's got powers and all of a sudden he becomes the nerdy kid picked on in school and he's got powers. Yeah. What I've read is that what I would think. take the origin of Superman and chronicle and cram them together. And that's what this movie is. Gotcha. Richard Roper of the Chicago sun times says the premise is intriguing, but this gruesome origin story plays like just another slasher film with idiots for victims. 1.5 out of four. I like how he works the 0. 0.5 in there. David Edelstein says, I wish there were more there wish there were more to Brightburn. Like if you would have worded that sentence, would you have said, I wish there was more to Brightburn? Or there were more to Brightburn? I mean, he's the the paid critic, right? So he would know how to word that properly. Not yeah. me. Sound sound it doesn't fit in the ear right. Simon Abrams says a machine to deliver gore and violence. Brightburn also features some of the most improbably and even hatefully dumb salt of the earth type characters in a recent American horror movie. One out of four. See, that's the problem I have with most horror movies is the victims are all idiots and that's what gets them killed. Do you think this movie, there is a kryptonite type weakness the kid has and that's how they defeat him? I'm sure. Yeah, if they're going to copy the Superman idea. I could just see that pitching that to an executive. What if you did Superman, but he's evil? And the guys, the the executive's like, ooh, I like that. You know, And he's a kid. And Yes, he's a kid. He's a little he's shit. He's a teen that's been picked on. So he wants revenge on everyone. Ooh. And then he goes around stalking people and killing them. Oh, uh. My wife has just arrived home. Hi, Heather. Hi. We're just doing Let's Read Rotten Tomatoes. So don't mind us, okay? They're so rotten. Pete Travers says, What if baby Superman broke bad? A great premise gets seriously squandered in this ridiculous superhero horror movie mashup. The only thing truly scary is that we might be in for a sequel. Two out of five. <laughs> Chris Stuckman, who um, I, I watch all of his reviews on uh, YouTube, he said he gives it a good review. If the goals were a little more clear, the film could have been better. They could have played with the audience's expectations much more. But this is an enjoyable horror movie, almost a slasher film. I give it a B. And he kind of says it would have, you know exactly what the premise is going in, but how cool would it have been? If the movie starts with just a kid in school and then you realize that he's adopted, he has adopted parents and he's being picked on and then he finds 
he uncovers the truth about himself that right. he's from another world and that's why he feels different and then he kind of gets revenge on them but instead you know they're like no let's just make it right away let's reveal all yeah. our cards right away but he was saying that you could have done this in a more creative way or something instead of just like okay he has superpowers and he comes and kills you and he's unstoppable it's like okay Brightburn would have been a lot more gripping had it really leaned into the nature versus nurture conflict at its core, or even added a little complexity to the people around him. Two out of five. Norman Wilner, now Toronto. Okay, one more. Patrick Willems of Polygon says, What's more impressive about Brightburn is how little it takes to shift the narrative into full-blown horror. All right, he gives it a positive review. We'll just have to take that into account. Now, Stephen, Aladdin, that's the one we really want to know about. Stephen, have you ever seen the animated film Aladdin? No. Um, I don't think I have either, honestly. I, we were too old when this came out, you know? Yeah. Na, 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 na. I know I mean, some of the music. Robin Williams did the, uh, the, the genie, voice. and a lot of people loved him and the stuff. The genie voice. Currently, this is 57%. Rotten and Disney keeps making live action versions of their animated films. Is this a good idea? Do they need to do this? No, but just another thing to put out. I mean, I saw the jungle book. I thought it was pretty good. It was entertaining. Did it need to be made? No, but I mean, yeah, the lion King, um, they're doing the same thing. You know, John Favreau, he directed, uh, Jungle Book, now he's doing Lion King. This is directed by Guy Ritchie, of all people. Okay. Like, hey, get the guy who did Snatch to do Aladdin. That's a good idea. <laughs> a street rat frees a genie from a lamp, granting all of his wishes and transforming himself into a charming prince in order to marry a beautiful princess. But soon an evil sorcerer becomes hellbent on securing the lamp for his own sinister purposes. Starring Will Smith as the genie and other people. Richard Roper says, Marwan Kanzari snarls it up as the villainous Jafar, while Nassim Padrad is endearing and funny as Jasmine's handmaiden and best friend Dahlia. Three out of four. That's not really uh, okay. Uh, Matthew Lacona, our favorite. There are efforts made, whether through good faith or just market savvy, to update Princess Jasmine into people's champion who might prefer ruling to romance. Enough to make you wish the Disney people had gone whole hog and just called it Jasmine. One out of five. Wow. Peter Rayner of the Christian Science Monitor says, Smith understandably didn't want to compete with Robin Williams, but as the big blue top not a genie, he's uncharacteristically bland. Even the magic carpet in this movie looks bummed out. Two out of five. Ty Burr of the Boston Globe says, With Aladdin, they've d done the leveling with just enough style and pizzazz that most moviegoers won't care that it's a retread. And the leads are good enough to make you hope they'll go on to... That's the thing, you know, if you're going to go see this, you've seen Aladdin and you know what it is. That's you know? what I want. Just good enough. Yeah, yeah, it's like the cartoon. Let's take the kids. It'll be fun. The, the complaint we saw about Dumbo was like, it's too long and there's not enough Dumbo. It's like all these human characters. Who the hell are they? You know, take them to the animated film, you know. Um, I just kind of felt bad, like seeing all these parents with a bunch of little kids taking them to see Dumbo. And I know the kids are going to be bored out of their freaking minds because the movie's t running too long. And Tim Burton thought he should, the movie should be about all the people running the circus <laughs> instead of Dumbo. 
did you even read the title of the movie? Yeah, it's Tim? called friggin' Dumbo. Dumbo Scissor Ears. You know, that John, uh, Edward Scissorhands, it loses me, Stephen, you know, in that third. You're always telling me that, yeah. <laughs> I just thought I'd bring that up again. He murders Michael C. Hall. Yeah. Nobody cares. Like, wow, it got dark pretty uh, quickly. Chris Stuckman. Uh, what's funny is Chris Stuckman, he does all this reviews on YouTube. At the end, he goes, well, uh, thank you all for watching and once and uh he, you know, he does the little rollout, you know, like I say, what are you waiting for? And see you next time or whatever. He always says, and get stuckmanized. He like does that voice like that at the end. Okay. And I'm always like, what exactly does one do to get stuckmanized? I don't understand. Uh, watch his reviews. Something? <laughs> so Chris Stuckman says, when the giant CGI Will Smith is bouncing around, it doesn't work. But when he plays himself, he's very charming. The best part of the movie. The actors are trying to break free, but some of the dialogue and performances are cringeworthy. C minus. Is that a... No, it's a C. I think I got a smudge on my screen. No, wait. Is that a C minus, Stephen? Yeah, it's a C minus. <laughs> it's just a little tiny dash little there, you know. I'm not sure what's going on that, there. I had a fear that it would be cringeworthy. There'd be yeah. a bunch of cringeworthy moments. It's like... Uh... Alan NG of Film Threat, which as a magazine I used to love to get back in the day. I loved reading Film Threat. The role of Jasmine transforms from the strong damsel and distressed female needing Aladdin to rescue her to the budding political leader of her country in which Aladdin becomes her partner rather than her savior. Eight out of ten. Wow. This is all over the place. I don't know what to think of this movie. Now, the one movie I am excited about, it looks funny. Have you seen the trailer to Booksmart? I have. This This is directed by Olivia Wilde. The story follows Deaver and Feldstein's characters. What, how is that a way to... We just are supposed to know... Yes. Caitlin Deaver and Beanie Feldstein are the girls. Follows two girls, Caitlin... The story follows Deaver and Feldstein's characters, two academic... Why, why would you say that? The story follows their characters' names. You know? What are their names? Amy and Molly. Okay, I'm going to fix this. The story follows Amy and Molly, two academic superstars and best friends who on the eve of their high school graduation suddenly realize that they should have worked less and played more. Determined never to fall short of their peers, the girls set out on a mission to cram four years of fun into one night. Directed by Olivia Wilde. It's her first film. Uh, Currently, it's 97% fresh. That's really good. 189 reviews counted. The first thing you, when you watch the trailer, you think this kind of looks like super bad, but with girls, you know, mm-hmm. Richard Roper says in virtually every scenario, director wild and the team of screenwriters serve up the material in a fresh and original manner. I give it a 3.5 out of four. He loves giving those 0.5s, doesn't mm-hmm. he? Mm-hmm. Ch- Chandler Lavac says Booksmart is a love letter for any young woman who has ever stayed home on a Friday night to watch a Ken Burns documentary. Four out of four. <laughs> <laughs> Matthew Lacona. This guy gets around, Stephen. I mean, he's just everywhere. He's prolific. Deaver and Feldstein's friendship and chemistry provide the film with both its chief appeal and dramatic engine. And the winning pair make Booksmart a film that's very easy to like, but it's less easy to believe. Two out of five. 
Now, when he says dramatic engine, it makes me want to punch him. So he can go to hell. But he gave it a good review. Do we get stuck Wait, in eyes here? Here's the thing. Okay. <laughs> look right here, Steven. Fresh tomato, two out of five. Does that make any sense no. that they counted that as fresh? That's a bad review. They counted as fresh, right? Right. But it's less easy to believe. What does that mean? But it's less easy. I should go through. I'm going to start my the real rotten tomato. What does and, that and, mean? And go through and redo all their scores. Their their chemistry <laughs> provides the film with its chief appeal and dramatic engine, and the winning pair make a book smart a film that's very easy to like. But it's less easy to believe. Two out of five. But it's less easy to believe. Like it's 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 hard to believe. Is that what he's trying to say? Yes. It's hard to believe. Yeah. But it's less easy to believe. Does this guy suck? Yeah, he doesn't really know how to word things. <laughs> Adam Graham of the Detroit News says, Booksmart is genuine enough that it doesn't sacrifice its emotional honesty for the gratification of its characters. He's paid by the word, Jason, so less easy is be- it's two words. Hard <laughs> is just one. It would feel disingenuous <laughs> if everyone's arcs were wrapped up neatly, and Booksmart is too smart for that. A minus. Katie Rife of AV Club says, It's a high school movie that doesn't have sadistic bullies shoving helpless nerds into lockers. Just a bunch of kids that, for all their flaws, are kind, funny, worldly, whip-smart, and unapologetically themselves. Now, that's funny, because I would like that. A high school movie that doesn't have the overt bully. Like, what do we see in these movies? There's the the sadistic bully who should be in jail, like in Shazam, Mm -hmm. or the evil mean girls... Yeah. That are uh, sociopaths, uh, but maybe this film just has kids that are all different, and they don't necessarily want to kill you. You know, that's just the way high school is. People are in their different groups, but they don't mean you any ill will. I mean, sure, there's some bad eggs in every school, but movies make it seem like there's this guy who was in his 30s who's somehow in high school, and he's going to stab you. You know, yeah. uh, and that's an old tired trope. Olivia Wilde's directorial debut is an easy A. And cha-ching, where's my paycheck? Trisha Olszewski. Uh, She didn't put much into that review, Stephen. Dana Stevens of Slate says, Booksmart is a teen sex romp well-suited for the summer of 2019. Feminist but not preachy. Raunchy but not nasty. Emotionally intelligent but not sentimental. That's what I like. Raunchy but not nasty. That's your very favorite word, raunchy. Raunchy. There you go. Raunchy, very raunchy. <laughs> Dan Mural Screen Junkie said, one of those rare films that comes along every five years or so that genuinely has a chance at becoming the defining coming-of-age comedy for its generation. 8.1 out of 10. This guy... This guy is specific. He saw... Uh, Richard Roper's review, and he goes, I raise you, sir. Not a point five, point one, eight point one to be exact. Not on a five scale to 10. Alyssa- I'm going to do one. I'm going to 8.325. <laughs> Alyssa Wilkinson says, Booksmart is a very satisfying movie for anyone who is never cool enough to see themselves in the star of a 90s teen comedy. Four out of five. Oh, that sounds cute. I want to go see it. I want to take Heather and Emma to see it. I wonder how uh, raunchy it is, Stephen. Let's see. What's the rating? Rated R. Rated R. 
for raunchy. <laughs> for strong sexual content and language throughout, drug use and drinking all involving teens. <gasps> oh my goodness. Shocking. <gasps> I know. Seriously. Now, next week, Stephen, Godzilla comes out, King of the Monsters. Godzilla. But that's not rated yet. Are you interested in Godzilla? A lot of people love Godzilla. A lot of people are obsessed liked, with Godzilla. I, did, I watched it a lot as a kid, yeah. I, on the other hand, have never given a shit about Godzilla, except for Godzilla's little kid... Godzuki? ...who could blow smoke rings. I always thought that was awesome, but I never really cared about... The only thing, that type of thing that I cared about as a kid was Johnny Sacco and his giant robot. You know, you Ultraman. remember that guy? No, no, not Ultraman. He's like, he looks, he's like this weird Sphinx type head. And the kid goes, launch giant robot. And he talks into his watch. I don't remember. And then, you know, dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Johnny Sacco. Here, I've got to show you. I know you know what this is. I, I, if I saw it, yeah. I knew. I remember Ultraman. Okay, here we go. Johnny Sacco. I I just want the intro. How about Johnny Sacco is playing a robot intro? There we go. In Hindi. Oh, okay. Really low quality. Really weird. Low, low quality. in our shows, <laughs> Johnny Sacco and his flying robot. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> you know, you would think... You would think someone would go, yeah, I have a real low-quality version of this. I don't think I'm going to upload it to YouTube. But he's like, no, I'm going for it. Does this look familiar at all? Watch his missiles coming out of his fingers. When I was a kid, I thought that was awesome. Yeah, I don't remember this at all. I watched this all the time as a kid. I loved it. So I wasn't really into Godzilla. I was into this. Something equally crappy. <laughs> oh, I kid. But, Stephen, Rocket Man, the story of John Lennon. I mean, John Lennon. John Lennon? <laughs> yes. It's uh, horribly <laughs> titled Rocket Man. I don't know why they call it that. Why didn't they call it Imagine or something like that? No, uh, the story of Elton John. <laughs> Rocket Man is a... Sorry, I cracked myself up. Rocket Man is an epic musical fantasy about the incredible human story of Elton John's breakthrough years. The film follows the fantastical journey of transformation from a shy piano prodigy Reginald Dwight into international superstar Elton John. Elton John. The inspirational story set to Elton John's most beloved songs and performed by star Taryn Edgerton tells the universally relatable story of how a small town boy became one of the most iconic figures in pop culture. Rocket Man also stars uh, Harlan Williams. <laughs> Richard Roper says, Rocket Man manages to be campy, yet sincere, serious, and yet ridiculously profound, and yet silly, and quite wonderful, just like Elton himself. 3.5 out of 4. Another point five. He loves the point five. Did he give that girl movie a bad review? No. No. Oh. 
He four gave point it a five out of five. Four point. He likes to give everything a point five. Rafer Guzman says an uneven combination of strong performances and insightful script by Lee Hall and iffy musical numbers. Rocket Man is inventive and enjoyable, even when it teeters unsteadily on the platform heels of its own ambition. I give it a 2.5 out of four and eat shit. Richard Roper. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Leah Greenblatt says there's a lot of Technicolor flair in Dexter Fletcher's flamboyant study of Elton John and beating heart in Taron Edgerton portrayal of an artist who's prodigious, a pro- prodigious, prodigious, prodigious talent was matched only by his personal demons and a desperate hunger for love. Aww. Let's read a bad review, Stephen. Sure. Adam Lubatow says a crowd pleasing film, but one that clings to convention in a way that makes its story feel that much more muted and small. I give it a five out of 10. Well, <laughs> that's average. I think they need three, not just good and bad. There's got to be three tiers of judging now, yeah. you know, cause it's not just good or bad. Now there's just kind of a mediocre reviews in there. I don't think they're ever going to change it, though. All right, Stephen, that was Let's Read Rotten Tomatoes. You go stand over there, and I'll meet you in a second, okay? Okay. Thank you. Good night. Here all week, try the veal. And Oh, okay. Steven, are you back from your walk? I am back. Hello, Steven. (laughs) That was episode. (laughs) Did you like my laughter? (laughs) That was Entertainment Landfill News, episode 65. Thank you so much for joining me this week, Steven. We did some podcasting. We did? Yes, we did. (laughs) We recorded this on uh, one of those, um, what is it, like a wax cylinder? The, The Edison. Yeah. And we will release it on vinyl uh, with my vinyl machine that I just bought. It's actually a laser printer, but I'm going to try to Print a create record a record out of it. Out of it. Yeah. Nice. Um, what was your favorite double gatefold embossed album as a kid? Uh, remember Paradise Theater by Styx? That was pretty awesome. I I, I had two. Uh, well, I actually had three. I had Kiss Alive 2. Um, was that pretty cool looking? Uh, Dark Side of the Moon and The Wall. Ah, nice. I bought it. <laughs> Dude. Yeah, baby. So, so, probably for looking wise, probably The Wall. So the you didn't seat. own Sticks Paradise Theater? <laughs> I did not own Sticks Paradise I mean, Laura had that. That was awesome. Uh, good times. So uh, we're going to go see uh, Booksmart tomorrow, right, Heather? Yes. We really want to see it. Steven, you're invited if you want to come. That should be fun. Uh, next week, I don't think there's a film. I would... Oh, wait, the Godzilla. Do uh, we yes. want to see it? Yes. Oh, ha- Heather really wants to see Godzilla. Kyle Chandler, what'd you say? I only want to see it if Baby Godzilla is in it. Do you remember what he Baby is. Godzilla looked like? I do. I just want to look him up real quick because he's adorable. That's not what he looked like. 
Yeah, this is him. Look at him. He's so adorable. <laughs> and he would blow smoke rings. He'd go, boop, 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 and he gets excited. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I always thought Godzilla looked like a guy in a suit, a rubber suit, in which he was standing over models. For some reason, it didn't work for me. What worked for me was Johnny Sacco and his giant robot. Which was a man in a fake robot. Yeah, a horrible suit. It looks terrible. I think the worst part about his suit is like the eyes. Box. The eyes are the worst part about the suit. Wow. But uh, you didn't like Godzilla over Johnny Sacco. <laughs> I know. But Ultraman looked good. Hey, Adam, what did you say about my shitty headset? What's going on here? <laughs> <laughs> this, I don't think my headset is creating the popping because we've established Steven's pops too, right? Steven, say something. So when, you t- when I talk, is it popping? When I talk? Yeah, it does. Yeah. So I think we else. just have static in the computer again. Because at first, when you were changing your volume on mm-hmm. your on your earphones, it seemed to get, when you turned it up, I guess, or turned it one way or the other, it seemed to get more poppy on you. Yeah, I, I have my headset turned way down. I don't know what it means. All I know is our next episode will not have this sound, and I want to apologize to everyone. If you decided not to listen to this episode, I understand, but you missed out on some great stuff. By the stuff. time you've heard this, you've already listened to it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, what I should have said at the beginning of the show, I'm going to apologize for the sound quality at the end of the show, so stay tuned. (laughs) Wouldn't that have been good? Yes. (laughs) Oh, good times. That's such a fake laugh I just did. Oh, dear. Well, guys, thank you so much for listening to the show. It was uh, an honor to be here and talk about film, television, pop culture. We talked about the return of New Coke, which was awesome. The return of the new uh, Picard. Picard is back, Stephen. He's he's, uh, in a vineyard. Engaged. That's right. Engaged, Stephen. Or also... Make it so. I will make it so. You're a coward! If you were any other man, I'd kill you where you stand! Ah, that was a great wharf, wasn't it, Stephen? I should probably leave. All right, Stephen, thank you so much for joining me. Also, I want to say hi to my wife. Hello, wife. Hello, Heather. I wonder, did Adam Howard try to call us today? No, he no. didn't try to call us this time. <laughs> I texted him, he said, we didn't say, I, I, we talked about John Wick, but we didn't talk about one of my favorite parts in the movie. But I don't want to spoil anything. Is that silly? What's Should that? I, uh, like, one of my favorite parts in the film? Yeah. Yeah, I'll give you people more time to see it, but it was fun. Go yeah. see John Wick. Like I said, Adam, if you Adam's like John Wick, the, go see John Wick. You'll Adam, like it. Adam's in Tahoe with his son and his son's buddy. Oh, nice. Thank you, Jessica, for listening. Thanks for another great show. I was cracking up a lot tonight. Nice seeing you again, Adam. How did you see him, though? He's in a chat room. Oh, i it's in parentheses, like not really seeing. Hello, Adam Sexton. Thank you for joining us this week. Hi, Adam. Again. Bye, Adam. Bye, Adam. Bye, Jessica. Thank you guys for listening live. What are you guys waiting for? Get out there. Go watch some Godzuki. That's what I thought you were going with. Drink some new Coke and have a 
Coke and a Smile. And we'll see you next time. Right, Stephen? Yes, Laters. We and boom goes the dynamite. There is no fate but what we make. Bad sequels and reboots till the end of time. Once again, hot film opinion. Mic drop. Now this is podcasting. 